Welcome to Raised on D&D podcast. Each month, Raised on D&D brings you inspirational interviews with tips and strategies to enrich your family's gaming experience. Your host for Raised on D&D has been a game master for 30 years and father to three gamers. Here is Nick Carterelli. Welcome back, gamers. I'm your host, Nick Cartarelli, and this is Raised on D&D. My next guest is originally from Muhlenberg County, Kentucky. She's a wife, mother of three, and an educator. She has been playing D&D for almost 20 years. Please welcome my beautiful wife, Cassandra Cartarelli. Hi, Hi, Nicholas. How are you today? Doing good. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, I love being a guest. Everybody knows that we've raised our children on D&D, and he's even heard from a couple of them uh, on the show. But we want to get your perspective Mm. as mom. Everybody wants to know, how did you get into playing tabletop role-playing games in Dungeons & Dragons? Well, it's definitely something I never thought that I would be doing. Um, It wasn't a hobby that appealed to me. Uh, As a teenager, I had heard of it. I had friends who did it. Um, I'd been invited to some games, though it never really worked out for my schedule and whatnot. And uh, I just basically avoided it, whether I wanted to or not, until I was about 20 years old. And you invited me to my first game. Now, do you remember much about that uh, first game when we were engaged and uh, had my very first apartment? I do remember. Um, It was very fun. I remember it was a Palladium Fantasy setting. And I remember that my character was a real butt-kicking kind of warrior. He was um, a male character, for one thing, which I thought was really fun. Uh, he was a wolf man. <laughs> I think their their name was Wolfen. Yep. And uh, I gave him a really cute name because I think originally my plan was to play a gnome. Yeah, I think you went with a gnome illusionist to begin with, and we yeah. we did a, like a solo adventure to and learn the rules. And it wasn't very fun for me. No, you did not like the uh, magic user element at yeah, all. Yeah, I really I wanted something where I could kind of play an alter ego. <laughs> so we went from a from a three foot gnome uh, like David the gnome uh, to a seven and a half foot wolf and warrior. Right? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. But I named him Nuvali. And I believe that we looked that up in like gnomish, it meant little one or <laughs> right. something. It's right. very funny. It, so, it was an adorable name for the gnome, and then yeah. you just changed it over to the wolfen. Oh, well, why not? Uh, now, that campaign was, at the time, the longest running campaign I'd ever been a part of. Um, it had wow. been about six months, six or eight months. Okay. Um, and it was you, James, and Doug, and... I do remember that. But if you ask me any details about the actual missions, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you. It's It's been a long time. A lot of life has happened between now and then. And a lot of games between now. A lot now. of games. A lot of games. And a lot of characters. I've played so many cool characters over the years. Well, that was when we were engaged, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't have any children yet. No. And we were just living live in that life so fast forward mm-hmm. you're a mom yes with three yes and now how old are your children oh my goodness okay so our children are spaced very close together um they're roughly around 17 months apart from each other so uh when our littlest one was two years old then our middle would have been three and a half and our oldest would have been five and that's when we started 
uh, introducing them to tabletop role-playing games. Yeah, that was great, too. So much fun. Those early games, when they were younger, were kind of simplified, and then we played. The, there wasn't as many options on the market at that time. Now there's a lot of games for families and young children. Mm-hmm. But back then we tried out everything that was available. And well, we, I definitely we, remember Mermaid Adventures because we bought the aquarium... Uh, what would you call it? Greenery? Yeah, the terrain. <laughs> the yep. terrain. And um, that was a very fun, you know, one of our first games that we got into was Mermaid Adventures. I remember Camp Myth. Yep. That was um, another one. They had a lot of fun with Camp Myth. And it was it was great because it wasn't frightening for them. You know, nothing was too intense. So it was a good jumping off point. And it didn't take long before they were ready for full-blown D&D missions. Um, it was a great way to introduce them. Now, do you have a favorite memory of those early games um, hmm. when we were playing uh, things like Mermaid Adventures and Camp Myth and um, Hero Kids, things like that? Do you have? Well, I think my favorite memories are when they work together as a team, when they really put their heads together and you could really see those little gears turning, trying to figure out the mystery or you know, deciding what to do next. Um, those were my favorite things to see because you just see the learning happening. And, and that's always been a favorite thing of mine. You know, <clears throat> I originally went to college to be an educator and I've homeschooled the kids since they were in kindergarten. So I, I have a passion for seeing that light bulb moment for children and, and role playing games offered such a great experience for that. You know, anytime they were, you know, even social situations, you know, okay, here's the shop owner, what do you say to him? You know, they had to think about that. Well, what would I say to this shop owner? I don't know, you know. It was a great learning tool, and it was a great experience for me to get to see them figure that out. What are some of the benefits that you saw from them playing tabletop role-playing games? You mentioned the light bulb moment, mm-hmm. them having to use critical thinking. Um, as far as interactions go. Now, did you see that uh, out and about with friends, with real shop owners, with things like that? absolutely. It gave them a lot of good practice. Um, They definitely figured out, you know, who they were in the world through role-playing. I mean, it, it helped so much. It was significant in their development. I would get to see how they would handle a situation if they were truly in it. And it was a safe space. The game... It provided them a situation without the true consequences of the situation. So if they messed up and they said something foolish or they, you know, were cruel and didn't realize it or were trying to be and, you know, a bad consequence occurred because of it, they could see, oh, I can't get away with that. <laughs> you know, those are very great lessons to learn in a safe space like a role playing game rather than figuring it out, you know, out there in the real world. We had a we had a campaign mm-hmm. um, lasted two years, and we involved you, the children, and your nephew. Yes. Um, and can you tell us some of the some of the times that the children kind of surprised you, either in a good way or a bad way, throughout mm-hmm. uh, playing at the table with them when they started to get a little bit older, when they started reaching those tweens and teens years. 
Well, I think the most surprising things as they started getting older were the times that I wasn't as proud of their decisions, things that they did to egg each other on, things that they did to kind of, you know, get back at one another for things that they were mad about in real life. Mm. Um, I, I started seeing a little bit of, uh, you know, vindictive streak, a little <laughs> retribution. So they were taking grudges from away from the oh, table to the table. For sure. But, you know, that was really good because I'd rather them fight in game then take it to the backyard and beat the crap out of each other, you know? So I wasn't opposed to it. It was like, okay, yeah, we can deal with this. And the consequences in game were nice too, because, you know, if you burst into the dungeon and wake up the sleeping dragon, guess who gets eaten first? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, and we had, uh, several of those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one particular situation where um, our youngest uh, picked up an elf maiden in a bar, and that kind of shocked you. It did. It did indeed, Um, especially considering that he had never really uh, discussed anything like this with us before. (laughs) So for him to just all of a sudden, like, I'm going to take her back to my room, I'm like, oh, what? (laughs) You're going to say what? (laughs) Yeah, it bothered me, but the way that you handled it was excellent because you showed that there were real life consequences for things like that. And and what and do you remember how I handled it in game? I'd rather you say. Well, uh, first off, when he woke up from his one night stand with this woman he had just met in a bar, mm. um, his most prized possession was stolen. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one thing. Uh, they caught up with and her. And she was gone. And long she, gone. She was long gone. And then they caught up with her and found out that it was not, in fact, a theft. But uh, he had a, his character had a tendency of talking in his sleep. And he mm-hmm. gave her his prized possession. Because he was in love. Because he was in love. <laughs> yeah. And um, later on in the storyline, there was a plot device that I added uh, where they found out in the future he had a son yes. with the stranger that from he met. From the one night stand. From the one night stand. And uh, I particularly remember him saying, but it was only one night. And I said, yes, that can happen. And oh, that, uh, was, that was pretty. The look on his face pretty was Pretty interesting. Priceless. Yeah. I think all three of our kids went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we, 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 we tackle some real life topics yeah. in game. And that was a little adult um, for me. I, I wasn't entirely comfortable. But at the same time, you know, knowledge is power. And, and he went there. He did. He I, went there. So I, I didn't tell him to take the elf Mm-mm. girl to, to the uh, to the inn's room. No, he didn't. Um, he did that. So hey, if we're we're gonna go there, well then well, we better. See, go. How old was he at the time? Ten. He was ten. Yeah. Yeah. So he was ten, and so uh, so yeah. So here's some real world consequences. <laughs> One night stands might steal from you, and guess what? You mm-hmm. might have a half orc half elf baby in um, real life life, right (laughs) so so there's been some crazy situations you have not game mastered yet oh i i did oh you did one time long long ago i was thrust into the situation because we were lacking in game masters it was a group event Oh, I see. But it was before the children. It was, yes, it was before the children, and I had no idea what I was doing, and it quite frankly terrified me. (laughs) And I'm not sure if I would eagerly step into that role again. What is your advice for parents who are afraid that their children are too young for the game table, or they're not ready? A lot of 
parents think that the box says 12 and over, so they need to wait till they're 12 to introduce them to role playing. What is some of your advice well, for those parents? My biggest advice would be to be patient because every child develops at their own rate. They're not cookie cutter kids. Everyone is their own person. Everyone is ready for different things at different times. I think that including the littlest ones at the table, as long as they're able, is great. But I don't think it's a good idea to force a child to sit at the table. You know, it's a lot of sedentary act. You know, you're just sitting there for so long. Some little kids can't do that yet. You know, they're not ready. So maybe have them do a little cameo, you know, maybe a little 15 minute burst of action and then they can leave. They can go back and do their thing and they were still included. You know, everybody still got to spend time with that character, that child, but they weren't forced to sit there for hours, you know, and that can be all the way up to, you know, 12 years old. They, like I said, kids are all different. So um, that would be the first thing, you know, just kind of work with your child where they're at. Um, Also in game, kids have a tendency of going left, just boom, they're gone. You know, they do the craziest thing And it's frustrating because, you know, you may be seriously playing the game. You may have figured out the plot and, you know, you you have it all lined up. Okay, this is what we're going to do. You tell all the, you know, all the other players, everybody's, yeah, let's do that. And then one of them goes left and messes up your whole thing. And you can't get mad. You know, it's a game. That's what they wanted to do. So let the consequence happen. You know, you don't necessarily have to follow. Don't feel like you have to save them. You know, if they did something crazy, hey, you know, we had a plan. You went, you went your way. So sorry that that happened. (laughs) But um, yeah, just kind of let it flow. Let it be what it is. Don't have a preconceived notion of how the game's supposed to go. You know, and at the end of the day, it's just a game. Have fun with it, you know? That's fantastic, and that's true, really, because what the what we're doing is we're spending time with them. It's quality family time. The story's not as important. The setting's not as important. Our own player characters, and definitely from the GM's point of view, the NPCs are not as important. What the focus should be is us all having fun. Yes. We're all spending time together. Because we have one that has a problem with losing oh yes yes he gets very angry and so the games have i think have helped a little bit in him learning how to take defeat gracefully it has definitely improved but it still comes up from time to time well for example we just played a game with some friends over zoom since we're still kind of doing the whole lockdown quarantine thing and he wanted to give the kill shot for this specific character. He had already hit him. He didn't do enough damage. So he had it in his mind that he was going to be the one to deliver the final blow, the Mm -hmm. final blast. And several other characters took turns shooting at that particular character. And it made him angry. He was getting more and more angry every time someone else shot at the character that he wanted to kill. And it made him so mad that he eventually got up and left the table. And, you know, at that point, 
you have two options. You can either be like, oh, you're out of the game. Mm-hmm. Or you can be like, okay, um, cool off. Come back when your turn is up. Yeah. And we decided to do that. You mm-hmm. know, we were like, okay, well, whatever. Go blow off some steam, scream into your pillow, punch your mattress, whatever you have to do, and come back, you know. But at no point were we going to allow him to be cruel to the other members at the table. Right. You know? or, and to he tell, did or tell everyone you can't shoot at his called shot. Right. Right. And he didn't. He didn't act up. Someone else did end up killing the other character. He was very angry about it. Mm-hmm. But he walked it off and he came back to the table and he was fine. And I think that that was a valuable lesson. It's practice for him. Right. Because in the real world, you, you don't always get what you want. You know, you're not always going to get the thing that you set out, your goal. You know, you're not going to always be the one who meets it. Somebody else might meet that goal first. And you just got to be gracious about it. You know, you can't run over there and punch him in the nose. <laughs> How dare you take my win? Mm-hmm. You have to deal, you know? So he learned, breathe in, breathe out, deal with it. So mm-hmm. I was really grateful for that. Our oldest has used tabletop role-playing games uh, to bond with her friends. Oh, yeah. That's been great. I think she's really enjoyed it. Um, for her, she's always kind of had this feeling that it was a nerdy hobby a geeky hobby she didn't want to be made fun of you know and i get that you know although i kind of wear that as a badge of honor i like being different from the crowd but i i can see how being an adolescent she's having a hard time with that so to meet friends who are just as into sci-fi and fantasy and role-playing as she is that was a great thing, you know, just seeing her face light up when she realized that, oh, I have friends that are into this, too, and I don't have to be the weirdo. Well, that I, was that was great. I thought it was great that she w- had been friends with them for a while. And didn't realize and that didn't they were into know. it. didn't know, yeah. And I like that, then, too. It, then she found out. I remember when she asked me to run a game for her and her friends... And when they came to the table, I asked, has anyone played Dungeons and Dragons before? And multiple hands went up. Mm-hmm. And there were, there were hands that were raised that she didn't expect, and she was very surprised. I, I was pretty happy about that, too. And, you know, she's anything but shallow. Mm-hmm. She's not a shallow child at all. But I, I get where the self-esteem issues might come in, and, you know, she might feel that she's being viewed a certain way and judged you know, and it stinks that kids are like that. It stinks that you have to worry about how your peers are going to treat you about things. But she handles it really well. And I'm glad that it hasn't led to her abandoning the things that she loves the most. Now, how do you think uh, her experience at tabletop role-playing games has influenced that? Oh, I think it's been a tremendous influence for her. You know, her confidence has always been very high, even as a little tiny kid. But her experiences at the gaming table, you know, the characters that she's played and the diplomacy that she's had to to show has been excellent for her. It's been very character building. As she's gotten a little older, she doesn't mind gaming with her friends. But we've been having a little trouble getting her to sit down at the table, especially with her younger siblings. Do you have any advice for parents who are facing the same kind of challenges as to uh, how to help in that situation? Well, you know, that is a maturity problem. 
Um, she has very little patience for immature actions, um, silly jokes, just acting goofy. She doesn't have a lot of patience for those things anymore, which, you know, is not unusual for her age. But I think that the best advice that you can give is to remind the older kids, you know, it's only for a little while. You know, we're only doing a two hour session or whatever it is. You know, try to be patient as much as you can. If you need to get up from the table and go get a breath of fresh air, please do that. Don't yell at your your siblings. Don't don't feel the need to, you know, swing your sword at their neck. Um, Just breathe in and breathe out. Get away from the table if you need to. And just remind them it's a short period of time. And this is a family thing. I think family activities are important, period. Whether you're role-playing or watching movies together, playing sports outside, anything. Doing things as a family is important. And gaming is no different. You know, you're not going to let them walk away for good from a picnic outside. You know, why would you let them walk away from the gaming table? It's like, look, we're in the middle of this. Don't get mad. Don't get annoyed. Let's get through it. That's great. And it's true. Um, it's a family activity. Mm-hmm. We're a family. We're gonna we're gonna do this together. And this might not be your favorite thing right now, right. Um, but you know later on we're gonna do one of your more favorite things. Exactly. This isn't the only thing we're doing all weekend. Mm-hmm. So uh, absolutely. And learning that give and take is so important too, especially as a teenager. You know, it's it's so easy to get wrapped up in your own little world and want to do your own thing, hide in your room, and want you know. Watch your movies, listen to your music, read your books, and pretend like everybody else doesn't exist. Uh, we have to pull them out of their shells every now and then, you know. There is a world that you're involved in, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to say, you know, like I said earlier, when they're little and they're not able to sit at the table, that's one thing. But when you have a, an older kid who is just has an attitude... You know, drop the tude. Sit down. <laughs> and now you were a young adult when you started uh, playing tabletop role-playing games. But have you seen some skills or some abilities or um, some improvements in skills and abilities you already had thanks to tabletop role-playing games? Well, number one would have to be um, conversation. I think that my skills at conversing, um, my skills at convincing have improved because I was very timid to get into an argument um, where facts were needed to back up how I felt. I was very intimidated to try and negotiate. And because of role-playing games and a GM who makes sure that you spell out exactly what you mean, I feel that that my skills in those areas have improved greatly. And not just with NPCs, but also having to negotiate oh, with and your, convince people at the table. Absolutely. I've gotten much better about that over the years. You know, when I was in my 20s, I was a little more impetuous and much more impatient. So when fellow gamers did not agree with me, I didn't take it very well. <laughs> Um, 
I remember one mission in particular, a friend of mine wasn't very happy with me because I didn't agree with the way he was handling a situation and we need to go. So I looked at the clock like, um, yeah, we're done. And I used my force powers to move him. To move his character. Mm-hmm. Out of the situation that he was in and into the situation I wanted him to be in. Wow. Um, definitely not something I recommend doing because he was not happy with me <laughs> at all. Now, it did move the mission on. Mm-hmm. I got my way, but he was very unhappy. Right. Not not good player relations there right. when you start grabbing people's characters and moving them for them. Right. So, yeah, I learned don't do that. Mm-hmm. What kind of lessons are you hoping that the children will take into adulthood from their love of role-playing games? Definitely the importance of teamwork. I think that, you know, as I've grown in gaming, I value what each player brings to the table so much more than I used to. You know, not everyone has the same type of ideas. Not everyone is as mission-oriented as I am. Um, When I get the details XYZ, this is your goal, boom, that's where I'm ready to go. I don't like red herrings. I get very angry when things distract the group from the mission at hand. I've actually blown right past what the true mission was because I was preoccupied with what the original stated mission was. In gaming, we call that the hook. So right. you, you've been given the hook. It's not the actual mission. It's right. the hook. Then there's some red herrings. And then the actual plot is there. And It took me a while to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And I was always so frustrated and angry because I was like, what is wrong with you people? This is our mission. Why are we not on the road to do the thing that we're supposed to be doing? And I, I, I'm sure I was very annoying and irritating. Um, at the time, I didn't care. But now, being older and, you know, seeing how other people play the game and, you know, you have your laid-back players who just kind of go with the flow. You've got your players who are just ready to kill things and take their stuff. There's so many different personalities around the game table. And if you just kind of relax and let the game go as it's, you know, let it unfold... You get to meet all these different sides to people that you never would have known before. People around the gaming table become much more dynamic, much more interesting. And that's one of my favorite things about playing the game now is meeting those aspects of people. And I think that those different aspects and when you see how people they kind of change at the table. They do. Um, they they either, uh, it, it's almost as if when their inhibitions are lowered, mm-hmm. they either become uh, an exaggerated version of themselves or you get to meet their alter ego. You already mentioned before your character, Nuvali the Wolfen from Palladium, um, the big seven and a half foot tall, uh, butt kicking, sword slinging. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of characters do you like to play now almost 20 years later? Oh, I still like those characters very much. I've tried to play clerics. They're fun. Um, just not my not my cup of tea. I've tried magic users. And that's a lot of spells to have to keep up with. I, I'm, not, I'm not really organized enough. I don't feel to be able to do that. My favorite 
character that I've ever played was Roxana Diamond Shard. She was a dwarf bounty hunter, and all of her weapons were bludgeoning type weapons. She, you know, non-lethal. Yeah, everything was non-lethal. Her job was to, you know, snag them and bag them and bring them into the law. And I thought that was so much fun. It was different than anything I'd ever played before. I didn't have to be this bloodthirsty, you know, stabby stabby kind of character. (laughs) But I could also take care of business. And I loved that. That was so much fun. She had acrobatics. So she did a lot of tumbling, which was really cool. Because when she was trapping the bad guys, she would, you know, do these cool flips and stuff. And I loved that character so much. Like, I want to play her right now. Like, if you had a mission today and said, hey, you can play Roxana, I'd be so happy. Well, I will definitely keep that in mind (laughs) for the next time I'm running (laughs) a game. I would really appreciate it because I really enjoyed it. Is there anything else you can think to tell um, the parents who are listening or the teachers or the administrators or the librarians who are listening to our episode? Anything else you want to share with them? You know, get out there and game. Give them the experience. You won't regret it. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for being a part of our Gamer Moms special. It's my pleasure. um, Of all the Gamer Moms I know, you're my favorite. Well, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very grateful to hear that. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This is Cassandra Carterelli, originally from Muhlenberg County, Kentucky, and you're listening to Raised on D&D.